starter jackets, rip off those tearaways, and blow into your game cartridges. I'm Sam Blanford. I'm Sean Kelly. And I'm Simon Blanford. And we wish it was the 90s. Yeah, we wish it was. We sure do. So welcome back. Uh, we are on to episode three of our emotional journey through Final Fantasy VII. Uh, currently, we are in the throes of the pursuit of Sephiroth section of the game. Um, at this point of the game, you're following around rumours of this man in a black cape. Um, but you're not the only one. Um, Shinra have dispatched the, the, the Turks to, to, to bring him in. Uh, as, you, um, as you run into those high-ranking uh, officers at most high-interest locations in your pursuit. So I think we left off last time um, leaving Midgar onto the world map. I would ask Simon to comment on that, but um, I'm sure we'll just hear about, for the third straight podcast, about the vastness of the, uh, <laughs> of the game or the world map. Um, but I think, yeah, we yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think we start by uh, heading off to Calm, which is, which is a short walk from, from Midgar. And this is... Uh, extremely confusing for me, um, probably because I skipped through a lot of the dialogue when I played earlier. Um, but uh, this is probably why I don't understand a lot of Cloud's backstory. But I think this part's called Cloud's Past. Am I right? Yeah, and you you get a really really nice Barrett's like I don't really know what's going on here, Cloud. Explain everything that's happened so far. <laughs> and you just get a nice little exposition dump from Cloud. Prior to uh, going into the inn and talking to your party, uh, I believe you are able to pretty much raid Calm, which is all the, vi all the village people in Calm are happy for you to go into their houses and, uh, and take their treasure. Unbelievable. Which is a recurring theme throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, I said to you earlier, I mean, uh, it's got the most trusting people in the land, doesn't it? You know, this is possibly the end of their world and civil war and there's troops everywhere and uncertainty. You just walk into anybody's house and steal their most valued possessions and they don't bat an eyelid. Here comes a man with a giant sword, a giant <laughs> man with a gun for an arm and a talking cat dog. <laughs> and you're like, mate, please take my last elixir. <laughs> I think one's got their dog like tied up in a room and you just let it out. Yeah, you do. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you get asked by Barrett as Cloud to explain uh, what's going on. And without, I don't know how much detail to actually go into of the story, but I'll try and I'll do my best, but basically you are, Cloud talks about the time where he, uh, I mean, he, he says, I, I wanted to be like Sephiroth, so I joined Soldier. And I think it takes you back five years to when he was 16. Um, and he's, he's ex very excited to be on this mission with Sephiroth and you're headed to uh, Nibelheim, uh, to, the, to the reactor at Nibelheim. Um, to take on some monsters or monster or um, Sephiroth seems very uh, vacant 
Um, he's not that keen on cloud, to be honest. Um, I, what are some key, I guess, key points you run into Tifa in Nibelheim? Yeah. Um, Tifa's dad is slain by Sephiroth. Slain. Yes. Move. And Cl- Cloud you is. Is uh, do you is this you um or is it not till you go there? But they talk. Do they talk about um, Tifa's like martial arts trainer is sort of Zangan or something? Yeah, it gives you a little bit of understanding of why she's good at fighting. He might come in a bit later. Makes some outrageous brags about how many students he's got around the world or something. Hundred and hundred mm. plus students around the world. I don't know how you do it when. <laughs> Internet or anything like that, but anyway, it's very very good trainer. And and the world is so vast, so it's very right. hard. And it appears as though there's only like one or two aircrafts. <laughs> so you go. Uh, so Tifa becomes your guide. So you Sephiroth and a couple of Shinra grunts uh, mm. go to Mount Nebel to the Mako reactor. Um, you. You come across Genova, which I'm still very puzzled by. Um, I think my my grasp on Genova is the best that's ever been, but I don't think that's because of what I learnt on this mission. <laughs> well, all th- the thing that I found interesting while the, the story was being told is Tifa's uh, reactions to the story are, are really... Like, she's... Like she doesn't really engage in in cloud story, she's even though she something, was, eh? or she knows something more. Even though she was, yeah, she was there, obviously, um, but she has nothing to say or add to to the story. No, um, um, kudos to her for wearing a phenomenal tour guide hat, though. <laughs> she looks uh, that. I reckon that's probably a drizerbone. <laughs> she's um yes, so she. She doesn't really want to be involved in the story. Um, no. and, and, and Cloud continues on. Basically, it, it, what it ends up is, is you go into the, I think Sephiroth, it tell, like he goes into the mansion. The, the, that's in Nibelheim. The Shinra mansion. And he wants mm. to find out more about his uh, life or his upbringing. Can he, I just, before you go, because you go out to the reactor first, right? And then he goes back to the mansion. Is that how it works? I think so. And when you go out, even though it's a flashback, when you go out to the mount, mountain, you you get to engage in fights. And it's you and Sithroth. You can't control him. You routinely die. And he's just taking ridiculous damage off the enemies, off the monsters. Mm-hmm. I, only, I only recall one fight that I yeah, had. I only, I only recall one as well. With a big dragon when, when you're on yeah, the Yeah, right. Maybe it's just the one. I've got yep. here, you have 140 HP, mm. and and he's like, he's level bloody 60 or something at this point. Mm. You do, you die, and then he beats it in talks one hit. About, he just talks about, oh, isn't Cloud just talking about how powerful Sephiroth is really at that point, really, I think. He's fawning over him, right? Like, he, yeah. uh, he loves him at this point. But he, I think he tells Cloud basically like, "Don't, don't come down here." When he's in the mansion down in the the basement, he's finding out about 
Um, you know, he says things like, was I one of the, like, Hojo's monsters? Was I one of these monsters too? Seems like he's going completely insane. He reads for about 20 years, seemingly. Lots of books down there. A lot of books down there. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a real turning point for him, right? Um, it's quite cool, like, how dark it is, I think. It's, it's like, especially dark. And that whole um, real... Uh, arrogance from the game, I feel like, in that whole storytelling section, because I think they know that people have really no idea what's going on still at that point. Um, it's like, it was almost like watching Lost, you know. Um, <laughs> they, they knew that we didn't really know what was going on, but they knew we were hooked. We'd just keep watching, you know, season mm-hmm. two, you know, season one type type time. Yeah. And kind of like that, really. They, they, they know you're hooked at that point, and almost intentionally confuse you. Yeah. And I guess the gist of what you get out of this is that Cloud and Sethroth and a couple of grunts go to Nibelheim five years ago, go into the reactor, Sethroth goes to the mansion, discovers some secrets of the past that upset him. Is he an experiment? Um... Uh, he, I think he comes out of this believing that Genova is his mother. Yes, I think so. Yes, and he, and he kind of maintains that, right? That's how he believes he's the child of Genova, mm. and um, and 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 believes that Genova was supposed to, I don't know, destroy the world or get rid of what's wrong with the world or start fresh or something like that. And so he's like, well, you know, I, ultimately he's a bit of a mummy's boy. I, I don't know how anyone can look at anything that looks like Genova and decide that that's their mother. Because <laughs> it's, yeah. Oh, it's but no does good he, he thinks that she's his mother via some sort of genetic, like, test tube type scenario, right? Genetic surrogacy almost. Is, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's deliberately unclear on Sethros' origins at this point. But I think the main idea that we're supposed to walk out of is that Cloud went there um, and uh, was part of the sort of when Sethros loses it and burns the town down. And um, yeah. After he's been in the dungeon or whatever in the mansion, he goes back to Mount Nebel, right? Yeah, because that's where the that sort of final uh, confrontation happens of the flashback. And and he strikes Tifa tries to um to yeah. cut him down. Yeah, and he yeah he, I mean, it looks like it probably should have killed her. Don't know um, how it didn't. Yeah, and then Cloud yeah. stabs Sithroff. Oh, does he? It just like, does it just like go black or? That's a, yeah, yeah. I, wow, it's it's hard to know with the multiple flashbacks that happen throughout the game to this particular <laughs> moment. Yeah, exactly right. And then it fades to Barrett being confused by the story and storming out of the inn. Um, good side note to this flashback: uh, you do get to do a little bit of running around Nibelheimer's Cloud. And if you go into Tifa's house, you can A, play her piano, which yep. is really good for later, and B, look in her panty drawer. What does it say? 
it literally cuts to like the black screen again. And Tifa's like, did you actually do that? And he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, since I'm not carrying Tifa on my uh, travels, even at that point, I'm, yeah, I was not looking in her panty drawer. You've got to play the piano on a few occasions to unlock um, Tifa's. It's either her ultimate weapon or her ultimate limit break. I think it's her final limit break from memory. but I think it is because it's like a note from her former trainer of like some sort of teaching or something. Mm. Oh, the trainer, he never ceases to amaze me, that guy. Yeah, well, he's trained a lot of people. Um, so yeah, Barrett storms out. Tifa is decidedly silent. Um, and you, I think it's actually quite important that you, that when you mention Nibelheim is on fire, because then you, when you visit it later, um, it's, we'll get to that when we get to it, but it's yeah. completely rebuilt. And Barrett yes. can, is like banging on about how the story wasn't right. And no one, yeah. no one, none of the townspeople know anything about the fire. No. We'll get to that. Mm, um, right. right. From Calm, you head over to the Chocobo, Chocobo Ranch. I think I'm going to say Chocobo. Okay. Where uh, little Billy extorts you. Mm. Or a lure, a Chocobo lure and some greens. 2,000 gil or something, which is a heck of a lot at that time of the game. Yeah, a lot of money at that point in the game, eh? Yeah. It's a real ridiculous uh, transition, eh, from that, the darkness of the previous scenes to the Chocobo Ranch. It's this massive, massive contrast, eh? You go. Yeah. It's got that real, like, ex- like I don't know, happy-go-lucky soundtrack and... Yeah. That dance that you can make them do, that where you make the what the quark, it like lasts as, about as long as the Sri Lankan national anthem. <laughs> and they always say wark. Yeah, yeah. I think if you get that dance right, you get something, don't you? Yeah, you definitely do. I can't remember what it is, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's worth getting. Might be elemental. Yeah, no. If you talk to one of them, you get a summon like the Choco Mog. Summon. Oh, Choco Mog. That's the I don't you don't get that 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 at that time though. Yeah, you could you, if you talk to a certain one, he spits. I think it you out, do because it's the first well, so one you the, get. So you can get that. So is that the first summon in the game? Yeah, you can get. Yeah. Ah, there you go. How disappointing! I always uh, thought that Shiva was the first one that you got in the game, but we'll talk about that soon. The walkthroughs tell me it's good to have that Choco Mog uh, equipped with Elemental on your weapon. Because lots of um, enemies are weak to wind, which is that. That's what Chocomog is. The terrible look at that. It's the worst summon, though, in terms of its optics. Like, all these cool-ass graphics, and then that one is just really disappointing um, slapstick, almost. Yeah, there are those little silly things in this game that can remove you from it at times, and that's one of them. It reminds me of the... um... Like when someone got a duck in like 1994 and on TV, and that like duck with a hat backwards walking out off the screen, like it's really, <laughs> making, really amateur. Making Daffy Duck sounds, <laughs> yeah. Donald Duck sounds. So we go, you, 
you have to get a ch chocobo. I don't actually know if you have to. I think you'd probably get across somehow without the so chocobo. So if you wait till it's on the other side, you can gap it down one side of the marsh and maybe make it. Yeah, I've heard that. I, I'll tell you what's interesting, as I've explained before, uh, the game for me has a, basically a Superman mode where you constantly have limit breaks. So I saved it, and then I was like, I'm just curious to see how I go against the Zolom here. Absolutely smoked me on oh, really? Superman mode. Just not enough HP. Nah, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. It was a terrifying, was a terrifying moment. This is the first time I got game over because... I mistakenly thought that once you got the chocobo, you could just it just like Run across over the snake. it, <laughs> like over it, and then uh, got a hell of a fright when the dun 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 dun, dun, dun came up. And uh, yeah, first first uh, I actually thought later on was my first game over. Now I recall that it was definitely my first game over. So the the really cool cutscene when you get across the marshes of oh, the dead solemn. And the, somehow the Midgar Zolom is now impaled on a stick. Um, I'm assuming there's just more than one. Oh, there's a it's, it's a, another another real glitch. It's called the mid the the definite article the Midgar Zolom, but uh, should be clearly Zolums, shouldn't it? Mm. <laughs> that leads you into the Mithril Mines, which. Really, there's not a lot going on in there apart from getting lost. You, yeah, easy to get lost. Yeah. Um, and you run into the dynamic trio of mm. Rude, Singh, and Alina. Surely, Eleanor. Surely, Eleanor. Eleanor. Surely, Singh. Surely, it's a silent T. Singh is definitely sung. Sung. <laughs> Look, this is the guy that uh, didn't I'll know back, I'll, back, I'll back you, Sean. I may or may not have watched a little pronunciation video on YouTube. So it's Rude, Eleanor, and Sung. That's what it'll be. Um, I, I thought it was an interesting dynamic between them. Eleanor, obviously, is new. Um, Sung is the... Uh, he's the big big guy. Yeah, well, probably not not the biggest, but um, no, he is. The, he definitely rules over Rude. Hmm. Um, I feel like he's the leader of the Turks. Yeah, and he's he's like he acts real superior to them. Hmm. I feel like Rude, even though Reno's not there, Rude, Reno, and Eleanor are like colleagues. And Sung's like their boss. But because Eleanor's the the newbie, she gets a bit of a hard time. Yeah. And she's like gung-ho. She's ready to get into it. Yeah, and runs her mouth too much. I, I thought, I'm probably reading into it too much. I thought there was a good line from Eleanor. Uh, she says something like, our job is to try and stop you every step of the way. Or wait a minute, is it the other way around? You're the ones getting in our way up. I wasn't sure if it was like an intentional shout out to how pointless the Turks end up being, but um, <laughs> is it, you know the first few times you meet them, you just like, oh man, this is big, this is huge, and then the, by by the end of it, you're like, oh these guys again, you know. 
Mm. Yeah, um, I, I was going to save my Turks chat for Vincent, um, but I've got thoughts on the Turks. <laughs> save it for Vincent, because um, yeah. I'm sure you're enjoying having him in your party. Shut up. <laughs> so they, uh, I think, I think Eleanor actually let slip that Sephiroth or the um, is is headed for Junon. Mm. You know it because it's in a different coloured font. That's the whole point of the Turks, right? They, they just like you just go to places, then they tell you where Sephiroth's going, basically. Thank you, the Turks. Yeah, they're good, good buggers. As Sean mentioned, the when you see the blue, light blue font, you know that's yep. where you need to head. <laughs> mm. But you don't always have to go there straight away because although there is urgency in what we're doing, the game will wait for you. <laughs> as you as you well know, as you well know, Bob. It's a good yeah. segue <laughs> because there are two things that uh, you can do prior to Junon. And I only did one of them because I really wanted Yuffie in my party as soon as possible. Uh, I'm going to have to get you to start saying Yuffie. <laughs> no, I think I'm just going to call her Yuffie just me. like Garrus. Uh, fair enough. I actually watched a little bit of the Yuffie integrade for the remake or whatever to confirm that name. Yuffie. Oh, it is Yuffie. It's Yuffie. Oh, no, she's yuffy to me. Yeah, fair enough. She was for me too until about a month ago. So she, you, you have to get yuffy by going into tall grass a la Pokemon. Various forests. And I had to use a walkthrough to figure out how to, you know, because you've got to say the right things. I don't know whether if you say the wrong things, you definitely can't get her. Oh, you destroy. I think if you say the wrong things, you can still run into her again. Definitely. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But also, who's doing that without a walkthrough? Exactly. There's like four different things you have to choose. For like four different things you have to say at different times. Mm. And she's doing that stupid punching thing in different, oh. different angles. The only thing I like is you kind of get to mug her off a bit. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. As, as as great as I've enjoyed pl- playing with her so far, um, her dialogue is just terrible. Just terrible. Brings nothing to the game in that respect. Yeah, I've spent quite a lot of time with her as well, because as you guys know, I love a grind, and I've got her limit four level break, but... <laughs> Don't get me started on Wu-Tai. You can also you can also um, go to Fort Condor, which I did not. I don't know about you two. I definitely went to Fort Condor. Yeah, I did. Um, I understand. I didn't do as much as Bob. I went there, listened to their stories, felt really sad for them. Um, was about to do the battle and realised how much the battle would have cost in old Gil. And then just like gave them a token four thousand girl, and then just left, and uh, just to help their imaginary war effort of as it was going on when I left the place. Um, so yeah, didn't didn't do uh, Fort Condor. So could did you have to give them four thousand girl to leave? No, nah, no. Nah, you just said oh anything will help our cause or something. Yeah, you know, something along those lines. So I just gave money and then just didn't do the battle. He's really down on his luck, that guy. I did the battle. Um, and won. 
It's a great effort at this point. And then I went to um, Junin and I left Junin, went back and did another battle. Oh, really? It's for the lols? Or... I've done like five or six Fort Condors. Because you do get stuff, eh? You get good. Yeah, you get good prizes. Good tower defense game. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. When you've got heaps of money, it's easy because you can just smother and put catapults up and stuff like that. But And it does get progressively harder. So it's, yeah, I quite like it. Um, but definitely need need it to be on the um, three times speed mode. Yeah, so slow. So you've slain a few beasts and wyverns. <laughs> yeah. With my attackers and fighters. <laughs> so do you call it Junin? Is that is it Junin, not Junon? Oh, mate, I only did names. So I didn't do place pronunciation. <laughs> Uh, the Junon Harbour, you run into uh, Priscilla. Oh. And she's real annoying. Yep. And you fight that massive... Big Priscilla fan, me. Big Priscilla fan. You won't, won't hear, hear anything about that from me. She's that big boss, real scary-looking boss down in the, in the harbour, um, which, le- which leads Priscilla to need CPR. Um, and I found it bloody tough to do CPR. Um, again, the steam controls got me. Ah. And <laughs> I was struggling massively to uh, to revive her. Um, yeah, I, I, I was okay at it with the PlayStation 4 controller. I remember it being really hard, well, thinking it was really hard from 20 years ago or whatever, but... Um... I much more struggled with the um, jumping off the dolphin mini game a little bit later. Mm. Oh yeah, that same thing. I found it real easy. I don't, know, and I remember take, with, when we played it, Sam, when we were kids. I remember it took ages, and I just fluked it. I guess I just used to walk through. Nice. <laughs> the very unimaginative, unimaginatively named Mister Dolphin. <laughs> but prior to. But, Prior to meeting Mr. Dolphin, you, you sleep in that old lady's house. Yeah, you um, do. Unfortunately, there's nothing to steal. But you, like, while you're still asleep, there's, like, voices. It seems like Cloud's remembering something um, that's related to the flashback at Calm. Uh, and when he wakes up, he, like, uh, ask Tifa, or Tifa's just there, um, and he says, "When Sephiroth and I went to Nibelheim, you were there too." So, did he not know that Tifa was there in the first flashback? Definitely have no idea. Yeah, that's a great question. And she just like doesn't answer the question. She just like, oh, I can't remember. Yeah, jeez, she is. Um, I'm just looking it up. So she's at this like she she is recognizing Cloud's mental state at this point, and that's why she's not saying anything. Surely, I believe that's the idea. That's like that's that that's the defense of her behavior. She's just like if she if she jumps in and tells him. This is not how it actually happened, that he will lose his shit. 
I've look, I've just looked at a whole bunch of screenshots from that first flashback, and there's not not a one of Tifa. Oh, really? Oh, no. of the first flashback? Yeah. Apart from, obviously, her dad getting cut down, and she, like, she definitely... Yeah, gets... oh, look, there's, there's the... Sh- I can see her um, her teacher and those <laughs> general guards that get, that get cut down to size, um, but no sign of her at all. You, you know how she's... When they, whenever you have a Nibelheim flashback, you walk through the gates and she's there? She's not there for this one, so no. I'm I'm assuming she's not there at all. Oh well, no! Look, it says here the story resumes in the morning with Tifa acting as the guide for the Shinra soldiers. Is it definitely anyway? Because yeah, what I'm looking at is um, the crowd. The crowd's the uh, crowd's revving in this uh, five minute flashback of uh, whether we had any idea what was going on at all. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it culminates with a screenshot of Genova and her weird plated nipple. <laughs> I, I think so I um, think she was there in the I think, flashback. And I think the, the purpose is for, for Cloud, for us to realise that Cloud is um, starting to lose it mentally. Mm. Yeah. Um, so the, the poorly named Mr. Dolphin, I won't try and say unimaginatively again, Um. Helps you jump onto the tower. Doesn't really help you. Like, you have to pick the exact spot um, to get him to throw you in the air, um, which I definitely used to walk through. What's that area that, that that you're sneaking into? What would you call that? Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's like a little town almost in itself because there's, like, obviously people living there. You're talking about where those streets are and where the march and stuff is. An old yeah. fishing village, isn't it? Oh, Shinra. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. So I think the fishing village is for the for the plebs. Yeah. And then that town on top is for Shinra employees. Yeah. Which you get you get a look at. Like I think we talked about this on a previous one in the remake. You get to do that in Midgar. Go to like the middle class level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they would still. They would still be addressing their um, houses as Junon, but maybe just Upper Junon. I think it is Upper. I think it is called Upper Junon. Oh, or it's either Upper Junon or it's Upper Junon. I think the, when you first get like tossed up, you see a big aircraft. Is that yeah. is that the Highwind or the Gelnica or something completely different? I think it's the Highwind. Okay. I didn't have a good look at it, but I just noticed it was a big aircraft. I'm pretty sure it was a high wind because I remember getting pretty excited. So, you, this is where you uh, you walk in basically, and you're accosted by a Shinra grunt uh, who who summons you to to get ready for this parade that they're having for the new president Rufus. And you've got to like. Is that where you practice the moves, or do you practice the moves soon? Uh, I think you do some practicing in there. I can't remember if it's the moves or the march. Or the, You're about to do a march move. anyway. Yeah. It's at this point. It's at this point of the game where the the Junon marching music starts to drive me absolutely bonkers. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be muting that. I uh, definitely muted a lot of there. It's a... Uh... It's quite an enjoyable. I, I quite enjoyed Upper Junon. No, it, was, it was a nice, uh, 
different kind of a world. It was good rattling around there with that stray dog hanging about the whole time. Um, you get to bump into the Turks at the bar? Yes, you do. You get to pick up some miniature soldiers as well. The Shinra Yeah, Mid, you can get 30, a few mini soldiers. One thirty-fifth. Um, I think I checked every room, and I'm hoping these become important uh, later on. They get me some great uh, item, but I don't think they will somehow. Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> um, and then you have to sneak, like you go down a little alleyway and you have to sneak into the line. Yes. I and fucking butchered this. The whole idea is to get like a good TV rating. Yeah. And all I can remember is, it's like it starts at 30%, and every time I've done this, I always end up less than 30%. Is there any way of getting a better better than thirty percent? Has anyone ever got better at it? Yeah, I bombed out. I bombed out, and it it means nothing, right? Oh, I think the higher you get, the better you get a reward from. Um, the reward prisoner. also comes because you do a you do like a um, an audience with the new uh, where prisoner. you do the salute stuff. You do the salutes, and that's where you get a good prize. I think both of them are like tiered reward wise. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I remember one time, not this time, I bombed this time and I was like, fuck that. I hate the marching. I'm just moving on. But one time I kept restarting my PlayStation until I got like a good rating. <laughs> and it was like, I don't even remember what it was worth to me. And maybe that's why I hate the marching so much, but shit, I hate the marching. Yeah. The salute one's all good. Like, salute one was salute easy. One's, yeah. I got. I wrote. I got twenty three percent. I was pretty happy with that because <laughs> I remember getting zero one time. You, you, I think you've run. I don't know if you've run into High Digger or Hay Digger. I don't. Lots of names. I don't know how to say. I think High Digger's right. Mm, High Digger, and he does that. His laugh, which is just spelt G Y A G Y A G Y A. It's impossible to know what that sound is. <laughs> quah, quah, quah. <laughs> it makes him seem like a dickhead. I just, I just think it makes him seem incompetent. Mm. I think he's like a bumbling. Seems like a bumbling fool. He's certainly more menacing in the remake. Palmer's the bumbling fool. Palmer is. Uh, he is. Palmer that. is a bumbling fool. Can't that. wait till we get to our Palmer again. <laughs> yeah, so you, there's all sorts of dialogue after the um, sneaking into line, but then there's the you have to do the you do definitely practice the moves for this one. Mm. You have to do because you get to show off your finishing move. Yeah, a military gun um, moves in front of Rufus, uh, and you get a rating from him, don't you? You can see your rating going up or down or. Mm. Again, very difficult with the steam controls. <laughs> this one was quite quite a lot easier. You know what percent you got? Oh, ninety. Oh shit, that's good. I think I've got I got sixty here. I definitely, I I got the best. Uh, whatever you call it, best prime yeah. tiered. I got the best one. I can't remember what it was, but my walkthrough said. To get not get the best prize, get the second best prize because it's actually the best prize. But my pride would not let me do that. <laughs> I think I got the second best prize. I can't remember what it was. Some purple material. 
Um, and that leads you on to the boat. You're heading to another continent of this vast, vast area. So vast. Uh, on the boat, you're all dressed as Shinra grunts, which uh, I thought was uh, particularly hilarious for Red Eleven, who was dancing <laughs> around like a crab <laughs> on the poop deck. Um, yeah, he's awful at it. I think you just walk around and talk to all your members until you finally find Barrett, who's just shaking his fist angrily at Heidegger and Rufus. I just want to point out that Yuffie, at this point, is feeling uh, seasick and blocking you from getting some materia. Like, fuck off. <laughs> Get out of the way. Yeah, that's really annoying, that... Uh... You, got, you you have to like go. You have to do something else and then come back, and they're gone. Yeah, you, know? you have to wait for some story progression. Yeah, come on. Foreshadowing, some might say. Yeah. Oh God, Yuffie. Dawn doesn't like Yuffie. I mean Yuffie. Um, and. Once you activate, like, once you find Barrett shaking his fist angrily, I think um, then that causes lots of the members of the boat to be slain. Uh, mm. And then that means you run into, oh, then you can go and get that materia that you spoke of. And you find Sephiroth in the control room or somewhere. He appears from the floor. Which I yeah. don't understand why he can't. He isn't a solid object. Mm. Mm. Although we do learn a little bit, we learn a little bit more about Sephiroth later that might explain that. Mm. And he, again, credence to Cloud, Cloud's diminishing mental state. Sephiroth just has absolutely no idea who Cloud is. Yeah. I can't remember whether it causes a little bit of tension. Barrett was in my party at that point. I can't remember. But he basically says some stuff and then leaves you with uh, Genova. The first, I think this is your first Genova battle. Genova birth. Um, Doesn't he fight? Doesn't he fight like a finger or something? It's weird that Sephiroth just keeps throwing his mother into fights with you throughout this game. <laughs> Where's he getting this? these mothers from? Where's he hiding that finger? He's all known. He's all yeah. known. I'm now more confused about Genova than I was at the start of this pod. <laughs> I thought I had my finger on Genova's <laughs> finger, but I'm cooked. And then what do you got? Feel like Cloud. It's quite a, it's quite, I mean, they're always good battles, those ones, though. And it, what, then you go Costa de Sol or something, or get on a boat or something, yeah. You get, well, I was just going to say, about that, you always get real good battle music with Genova. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not your, it's not your standard battle music. It's not your standard boss battle music. It's like quite spooky. The music really, after you leave Midgar, the music really ramps up. Hmm. And there's lots and lots of different soundtracks. Um, well, not soundtracks. There's lots of different tracks. Um, 
and it's it is a a plus soundtrack yeah um yeah so you do go to costa del sol i think so when you get off high is definitely in trouble with rufus possibly not sure why but he said it's it's no, like because he knows that the um avalanche guys are on the boat that's right and he's like, how did you let them on the boat? And Heidegger's like, it was like, Like McGarnagle, he wants results, <laughs> you stupid chief. <laughs> and you, yeah, so Costa del Sol's a bit of a dud, really, apart from the fact that I'm pretty sure Hojo's tanning on the beach. And if you ran into him down there. He's tanning in the beach in his lab coat. <laughs> And he's, uh, I think he's. And the chicks are whipping it. <laughs> They're like, he's. He, look, he never takes his lab coat off. This is this is mint. <laughs> he's he's seeking out uh, Sephiroth, I believe. So he's he's like surprised and utters that he's heading west. Oh. Just giving you some, you know, more details yeah. about where you need to head. Yeah, unusual that it wasn't the Turks dropping those. Uh, Tidbits. <laughs> they end up. You go up the mountain, the Mount Coral, and there's the, there's the, the reactor at Coral there, but you don't have anything to do with that yet. You come back to that later, I believe, in the game. Mm-hmm. I've got here written down. You cross. You go these on these train tracks, and particularly there's like a bridge part. And there is the worst enemy known to man in the game of Final Fantasy, I reckon. What, those bomb things? The red fire thing. The red fireballs. The red fire circle. (laughs) Yeah. I hate them. It's like a ghastly on fire. Yeah, they're in it. No, no, No good can come of those things, eh? And you get no gill or XP from killing them. Mm. Terrible, terrible. Um, now, when you get to North Coral, it's evidently Barrett's hometown. It makes the not a nice homecoming. Not a nice homecoming, but it makes the slums in Midgar look like five star hotels. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd prefer to live in North Coral. Uh... Looks like better weather. Better weather. Close proximity to the gold saucer. Mm. There's a water well. Yep. And a, and a weapons man who, who I think threatens you to buy something. Yeah, he does. Um, but you, you find out yeah, it's not a good homecoming. No one really um, likes to see Barrett. He's quite sheepish about it, eh? Yeah, he really doesn't, he doesn't handle the hope. You know, he... I mean, fair enough, I guess. Yeah, when you do find out um, about his backstory, it does make a l- well, not as much sense like as, a, as I think it. I, I don't think he should feel as bad as he does. No, you're right. Yeah, he, he, he explains just before they are going to enter the tram to the gold saucer, he explains that, you know, the way Coral is is all Barrett's fault. So it used to be like a mining town, I believe. 
um, that sold their soul to Shinra, and Shinra basically just burned them down. Is that right? Yeah. They thought it was going to be a great idea. Barrett was into it. But uh, turns out Shinra shinra them. <laughs> Seemed like everyone was keen for it apart from Dine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which, like, Barrett, you can't take it all on your shoulders, mate. Right, exactly. Nah. I think North Coral seems like a pretty weird place to have a tram going to and from a luxurious place like the Gold Saucer. Mm. Yeah, and, and I feel like maybe you could pass that off by saying, well, it never used to be like this. It used to be a thriving mining town. Nonetheless, it's not anymore. Build a new tram. You know? It's just bizarre. Like, Well, like... I mean, there's so many questions, though, because obviously you need the tram to get to Gold Saucer because it's surrounded by that really dangerous marshland or whatever it is. Why did they build it there? So it was yeah. hard to get to? The, the, surely the Gold Saucer can't be on... It must be on very unsturdy ground looking at those marshes. Shifting sand. Yeah. <sighs> Hell of a cable car, though. Hell of a cable car. Yeah, love, and that first ride in is phenomenal. So good, right? So good. I just, I made a note of that. Just that first ride, just the graphics, everything about it is, uh, yeah, pretty awesome. You can hear people cheering, uh, having a great time. Fireworks. The gold source is not like anything that you've you've come across in the game so far. No, it makes the Chicobo Ranch look like absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get over Gold Saucer, eh? You think they might shut it down with the uh, later on in the game when things are looking doom and gloomy? No, 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 no. Get in there and practice your snowboard skills. <laughs> Go do some virtual boxing. <laughs> yeah, you, you can choose. When you get in, you can choose who accompanies you to. Are you still looking for? You're still looking for Sephiroth eh, at this point. Yeah, so you're trying to find you're following around all these rumors about this man in a black cape i chose uh yuffy to accompany me because i was trying to steer well away from going on a date with eris or tifa are you going for best bromance i was going for best bromance yeah i definitely chose barrett <laughs> could you choose barrett oh no who could i no you can't choose barrett you don't get who to choose I... who you go on the date with it's based on like your stats of your of the characters up oh, until that been, point might have been Eris then you can choose who accompanies you and i think you can't choose barrett but you definitely can choose any of the girls and i think you can take red with you are you talking about on the date no this is just to accompany you walking around because oh, yeah, you are, yeah. you're about to run into um, our favourite uh, character, yeah. Kate Sith. Kate She. <laughs> Who already, Kate she. already shooting expectations out of the sky. Talking absolute shit when you run into uh, him. Uh, yeah, it's a him. Them? Run into him. them? I mean, we find out later it's a him. I was glad I I glad I bought Yaffe at this point because Yaffe just said he's weird. Don't let him come with us. 
Um, you, I've, I went to Wonder, Wonder Square at this point just to have a look at some of the games. You mentioned a couple of them already. G-Bike. Oh, I love, oh no. Is G-Bike the one that's like the replay of the Midgar mission? Yeah. Yeah, not a huge fan of that one. No, no, neither. Arm Wrestle. Yeah, that's okay. Super Dunk's real hard to get the, um, how, I guess you could get the perfect release every time on the basketball shot, but what's the way to get the most GP? You've got to get GP to, to go into the battle square later on. Yeah, I can't remember. I haven't done much gold saucer grinding, which is surprising because historically, sometimes if I'm not feeling like playing, I just go to gold saucer for an hour. It's a good dip, but I love a I love a snowboard. That's my favorite. Honestly, so I did not play a single uh, gold source again, not one. I haven't yet. The only thing I've done so far is um, chocobo racing. Chocobo racing, which you kind of have to do at some point, I think, and um, not long from now. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, not long. You will be racing for your life. Um, but once you make it to Battle Square, um, they're like, there's blood everywhere. Shinra grunts are dead. Uh, and you meet Dio? Oh, yeah, Dio? Dio? <laughs> I thought it was Dio, but. Uh... Who, seems Dio? To be we- who seems to be wearing just a pair of yellow undies? Mm. Hulkamania, baby. <laughs> Um, and he pulls a, what's that guy's name? Don, Don Corneo and drops you through a hole in the floor. Mm. They love their holes in the floor. Love it. Yeah. Mad respect to the Don. <laughs> that, that, which takes you to Coral Prison. Um, which isn't really a prison. It's just a place you can't get out of. I suppose that is a prison in some ways. Yeah, bizarre prison, I thought. It's like a rubbish yeah. dump almost. <laughs> it pe- seems like there's people living there. Yeah, there's a house and stuff. Yeah, there's a boss. I guess people in prisons technically live there. Yeah, but I don't know. It seems odd. It seems more like just a place to be dumped that you can't escape from as opposed to an actual prison. Yeah, it's almost like a, it's like a hot... Um, Siberia almost like we're not really locking you in here but the conditions are so terrible on the outside that you're not going to be able to leave yeah kind of been like just chucked on an island or something yeah and when you go north there's that like never ending you can just like keep going right and right and right and there's just desert yeah for ages and ages and ages it's like um, the book holds it's like there's no uh, (laughs) There's, no, there's nothing that's keeping you here. You can try and run away if you like, but you won't You're make it. You're a Stanley Yellnuts nut. <laughs> so I do. I think Barrett's backstory is probably my favourite. Um, I agree. Not including clouds. Probably just because I can understand it, really. <laughs> I think I, that's fair. It's, I don't think it's mine of the uh, side characters, but it's it's good. It just seems to end so, like, like I just don't really like Dyn mm. and his his actions. And I, see, I can understand his actions, though. 
the then when he, his, his last action is very selfish <laughs> questionable at best in the flashback coral's on fire um and it's it's this basically tells the story of how both of them lost their arm that part mm. of the story seems a bit weak to me how they were clinging on to each other and the bullets just just ran through their hand yeah that's um that's like comic book silliness, you know, so that your arch rival can have the same powers as you. So, Dine, you end up going to that some junkyard where Dine is in an absolute wreck. Mm. An emotional scene with Barrett and Dine. It is. Um, and Barrett's real uh, starts real abrasive, um, and Dine. Obviously, it comes out here that Marlene is Dine's daughter. And if Dine only knew what Barrett has been doing with Marlene, and she's bloody running a bar still. Barrett leaves that part out. eh? (laughs) Oh, no, he's living, she's living with Elmira. I wonder if she does like day shifts at the bar while she's living with Elmira. Got to pay the bills. Emotional scene and Barrett basically you just have to have a one on one battle with Dine. Yeah. What does it how does it end, Sean? Does he just just He's like come he back with himself. me and he just jumped yeah, he just he kills himself. He can't live with what jumps he's off. done or whatever and jumps off the cliff. Yeah. It's like you just found out your daughter's alive, mate. Mm. Yeah, he's uh, some rubbish about how he's got too much blood on his hands to ever hold her again or something. Who does he think he is, Lady Macbeth? Well, exactly, exactly, Sean. But, uh, I, but I, did, I did, on the whole, uh, like that. It made, made more sense than some for my mm. pea-sized brain, so I quite enjoyed that, that sort of uh, backstory. So who's your favourite backstory then, Sean? Red 13. Red 11. Yeah. Uh, Red 11's is good. I'll give him that. Mm. We'll get to that. That is good. We'll get to that. That is a good one. Better than Yuffies. Yeah, Yuffies is awful. <laughs> Infamous Mr. Coates um, tells you that you've got to win this uh, Chocobo race to make your way out of the hellhole that is the Coral Prison and introduces you to Esther, who is she in the prison? Mm. <laughs> Good question. She just appears. She's down there. Maybe she has access to the prison and the upper world. Hmm. Is there an elevator operating down there? Something they say there's only room for one person or something. So you know how you can't walk on the shifting sands? Yes. Mm. I, I'm assuming that the shifting sands is something to do like because you've been dropped out of this hole that's in the gold saucer i assume you're in the shifting sands in the coral prison i get the feeling that the immediate area around the base of the saucer isn't the shifting sands it's just around it so like you can't leave your little area because that's where the shifting sands are 
Does that where the prison is? Pardon? Is that where the prison is then? Where's the prison? That is the prison, man. Yeah. <laughs> might, might just be a nickname. It's not a real prison. It's just you can't escape. Yeah. Camp Green Lake. I mean, you gotta yeah, you gotta right. lay off trying to work out what this prison is, and you know, there's way more <laughs> things you can question in this than the Shifting Sands prison. Like the Shifting Sands can't be that bad if a buggy can get across them. Hmm. Well, speaking of which, when you win the um, Chocobo race, Io seems to have done a full 180 on you and gives you a buggy instead of dropping you down a hole into a prison. Well, he likes the way you ride those birds. <laughs> um, and he's still wearing just undies. <laughs> and this is where you head to... I don't think you have to, but it's on the way to Cosmo Canyon and you can go to Gongaga. I went to Gongaga. Did you go to Gongaga, Simon? Yeah, I definitely went to Gongaga. Before you get into the shitty village that is Gongaga. Uh, quaint little village. You bump into Reno and Rude. It was, it was on that path. Yeah, eh? and they're discussing the aesthetics of the females in, this, in the story. So he goes, hey, Rude, who do you like? Uh, Rude says, Tifa, Eleanor likes Sun, uh, Eleanor likes Sun, Sun likes Eris. So there's obviously the 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 Turks are human after all. I'm not sure why they're leaving out Scarlet, who we see in the next scene. Mm. Scarlet is, um, I think she's just obviously out of their league. Mm. Like she's yes. quite she's quite a higher upper in the Shinra hierarchy. She's part of that Shinra Round Table, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's right up there. Yeah, she's very sure of it. Very sure of herself. Yeah, Eleanor yeah. comes up behind Cloud when Cloud is feigning like he doesn't know what they're talking about, and she's like, "They're stupid." Sung is different, and I don't think Sung has any interest in Eleanor whatsoever by any uh, stretch of the imagination. If you think I pay attention to any of these. Uh... Turk conversations about women, then uh, I was just like clicking, 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 clicking as fast as I possibly could to <laughs> move through the world. I whip them. They're important for one reason. When you get to the village, um, this is where there's. I, I was just skipping through really and happened upon um, a family or a couple, and there's a mention of Zach Fair. Hmm. Had that written down. It turns yes. out that these are his parents. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has any bearing on the game whatsoever, as far as I'm aware, apart from that you know now that Zach Fair's parents live in Gongaga. I mean, at this point, this is the first mention of Zach, right? Yeah, Zach Fair is at this point just like you just it's like, oh, this is that's a weird thing to just mention and then you think oh this, this is going to you know this is going to be a big deal later on well i didn't think it was going to be a big deal later on I was like who are these who are these two 
I don't remember having this interaction the first time I played, like I might have, and just glossed over it. I have no idea. There aren't many other people that you, just random people you talk to in houses who mention a character by name mm. as well, which made me think, oh, this, is a, this, this will come into play later on. So I think this at this point I realised why I had struggled to understand the plot prior to playing it this time. Because a lot of places you go, it's like when you talk to someone, it says you can buy or it says hear a story. And I never want to hear the story from the random villager. So I just skip over and I just click buy and they might have a, a keen nugget that gives me a little bit more insight. But I just would, all, and often I would hammer through what they were saying as well, just clicking circle, getting through as fast as I could. Part of my OCD is that if someone says hear a story, I have to read it. And then quite often I might skip through it quite quickly. But I feel like if I don't click every option, I don't, I might miss something. Like an opportunity yeah, I agree. or... Well, yeah. I always listen to the stories too. Yeah. But quite often I don't take them in because I'm like, this is boring or this seems irrelevant. But retrospectively, a hero story is usually relevant. So you're going for the perfect game then, Bob? Yeah, man. 300. I can't help it. Um, We... Head on to Cosmo Canyon, home of Red Eleven, which seems to have wind turbines, um, very uh, advanced. Seems like they've harnessed wind power. Mm. Seems like a really um, earthy place. Oh, yeah. You were introduced to the name Nanaki. Oh, there was... Can I just, there was, I, I got up to Cosmo Canyon and I was playing, I was playing with my friend Willie Donnelly, who is a Final Fantasy nut. Uh, my wife was there and his wife was there. <laughs> and we all had different ideas on the pronunciation of Nanaki. Oh, really? Yeah. I think he said Nanaki. I always thought the, the se- second syllable was Nanaki. I thought the second syllable was the uh, one with the, I've forgotten what the word is, but it's Nanaki. But that was, that's, I've been wrong on every single other pronunciation. So. It's, pr- it's presumably Japanese. Nanaki, um, hmm. Nanaki, Nanaki, Nanakai. I remember this was in that YouTube video I watched, but I've forgotten. I think we are now introduced to my least favourite character in the game, Boogenhagen. Oh, what a character. What's your problem with Boogie? Right character. He belittles Red Eleven. Does he? He's floating. Right. Not the only floating character. (laughs) And he does that stupid ho-ho-ho Santa laugh. Great laugh, great, 
great, great laugh, great man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Well, I'm not. And after some guff with him, uh, you have to enter the cave of I, E, G, G. Good cave, hard cave. I don't know. Is it G? I think I said the cave of E. G. <laughs> we don't know. Um, and yeah, it's some quite um, difficult uh, enemies in there. And you get you a summon materia in there, eh? Yeah. Yeah. There's heaps, Lots of, there's heaps of stuff in there, and the whole way through, Bugenhagen is just floating around beside you. Withholding information whilst chatting away. <laughs> Let it out, Sam. <laughs> when you get to, there's a big boss at the end, and thanks to Absolute Steve, is my this, walkthrough. Is it the spider thing? There's lots of spiders you got to fight before you get to the boss. Yeah, that's it. And and what is the spider? Is the boss a spider as well? Is it something else? I don't think the boss is a spider, but the spiders, you walk, have to walk through cobwebs. And each time you walk, mm. walk through a cobweb, it's a big spider. And they're, they're pretty strong, those spiders. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't, can't remember what the boss is, but it's, um, it's an undead enemy. Mm. So Absolute Steve, my walkthrough man, just told me to throw an X potion at it. And it oh. Sure, I never, never did that. No, I grinded it. Yeah, me too. To be fair, at this point, I'm quite OP because I did a lot of grinding already. What's OP? Sure. Overpowered. Overpowered. Hmm, okay. Didn't know what that meant when you said it the other day. <laughs> um, this is, it, and post this, this, I think this is the reason I hate Bo- Bugenhagen the most because Red Eleven finds out the truth about his father. You remember what the truth about his father was? Yeah. Yeah, went. Yeah, I mean that, but that's the most show don't tell. You you learn that as an English teacher. That's good stuff. You know, show don't tell because showing what he went through has the most impact on you. Love it, love it. Another masterstroke from Bugenhagen. Yeah, when his father cries down on him in that scene, I'm crying too. Mm. I'm there for Red. Absolute scenes. So I don't understand why Red's mother and grandfather would rather Red thinks his dad is a deserting sack of shit or a war hero. Nah, doesn't Budenhagen say at some point he's like, what? Is that what you think of your father? Like he didn't know that he thought that. Oh, I thought the whole time he was he was in on the ruse with Red's. But also why would Red's mother... Yeah. Because he think, obviously thinks that his dad is a, is a deserting sack of shit. Maybe his mother thought that. Maybe she didn't know that he made that sacrifice. Hagen lied to her, obviously. Like, we all know you've got it in for, for, for Bugenhagen. <laughs> Bugenhagen? Whatever his name is. Give me a, give me a break with the Bugenhagen hate. So we are still on the pursuit of Sephiroth. Shall we make it to Nibelheim or shall we leave that for next time? Um, 
We'd probably leave it to next I think time. that'd be good, because then we can open up with our next Nibelheim flashback. Yeah, yeah one, one flashback is enough for a podcast for me. And that can... <laughs> and that can we, I mean, we, we have to revisit them most, halfway through most pods anyway when we confuse ourselves. <laughs> so I think <laughs> next time we'll be looking at, at, the, at Nibelheim, which I think is quite an important part of the story. Big um, time. And we'll move into the huge materia uh section of the of the game with a very we very pick up our last two characters yes there's obviously one very very important um part coming up very just closely following nibelheim which i'm very excited to talk about well sad but excited oh yeah <laughs> So um, until next time, thanks for listening. Peace. Peace out.